The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. We have flipped the calendar to December. Can it truly be the final month of the year? Yes, it is. But we've still got some great fight cards, including this weekend, to go over and be all about. Glad that you're with us. I am merely the somewhat competent, somewhat rested host on the program. He is senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Hello, Marquise Johns. Back with me from the Mile High City. Have you thawed out as of yet with all the freezing temperatures? Uh, no, because strangely, TJ, it hasn't snowed out here yet, and it's 71 today, which is a weird and annoying and why people get sick in this country, because it's going to be 52 on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been fluctuating there in Denver again. The man uh, moves to uh, cold weather, mountain high city in the wintertime. What can we say? In any event, we're going to talk a lot about what happened last weekend. We're going to look ahead to Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz coming Saturday night in Las Vegas, and also Gervonta Davis's pay-per-view fight with Isaac Cruz coming in Los Angeles on Sunday night. Straight ahead, Jake Donovan is here, one of the senior writers. Outstanding job with BoxingScene.com. We roll the red carpet out again. I don't know what we've done to deserve this, but he keeps returning the call, returning the email, and coming on the podcast, so we thank him for that. He'll be with us momentarily. Later on in the hour, the Latin snake is here. Sergio Mora will be on the call on DAZN with Todd Grisham and Chris Mannix of the Haney Diaz. Again, I'm going to say this several times, the version of the WBC lightweight championship, because, again, George Cambosis is the undisputed champ. He has the whole thing. Again, Haney, Diaz, they want to be in the mix with Cambosis, but uh, we'll talk more about that with Sergio Moro a little bit later on with Jake Donovan straight ahead. One more friendly reminder, however you found this show, social media link through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. Subscribe away, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Again, we uh, love for the, everybody to be able to get the podcast when it comes out about midday Friday, stays relevant through the Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening hours as a preview podcast for the fights. So again, in addition to the website, subscribe to the podcast. It will come automatically to you. Without further delay, he is here from Las Vegas. He is ready for the nightlife. He's ready to hit the tables. The last thing he wants to do right now is be talking to us chuckleheads. <laughs> so we're going to get this done and get it out of the way for Jake Donovan uh, here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Good to have you. Yes, TJ. Thank you so much for having me on, Marquise. Really appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure being on the show. Are you up or down as of yet? You've been there like a day and a half. Are you winning? Are you dead even? Are you losing at the tables? What is the story? Have you doubled down on 13 yet? Uh, Can we confirm or deny up or down at the moment? I could probably say I'm dead even. I have uh, given up gambling, so I yeah, I've uh, avoided that. <laughs> my mother, by the way, can I say this on the podcast? Is more than yes. making up for you not gambling. I'm just saying exactly. that right about now. 
Retirement right. is treating her well. Uh, yes. On that note, she doesn't listen to the podcast that often, but she <laughs> might find out about this. In any event, let's get to what we have seen leading up to this weekend, and then we'll get to what we think we will see for this weekend uh, coming up. Let's begin with Lopez and Cambosis. Jake Donovan, upset wow. special. I didn't see it coming. Neither did Marquise. Full credit to the Australian. He had to wait and wait and wait, and he got it done. How and why did he get it done? I, he How and why he got it done. You know, it's funny. He, he keeps saying, don't call it an upset, because he's been telling us from the moment he was the mandatory challenger how he was going to win this title. And he, he did everything he vowed to do. He stayed focused throughout training camp. He, you know, even through all the delays, he, he remained, you know, his intent was to win the, those lightweight titles. He was not going to abandon anything. You know, the death of his uh, grandfather, birth of his child, nothing was going to stop him from achieving his goal. Teofimo Lopez, he did his God knows what for the past year. He's been everywhere. He's parading the belts around. I, I'm not going to say he's partying or, you know, uh, did, did anything in training camp that he shouldn't have been doing, but his focus was not 100% on this fight. That's not to take away from what George Cambosis did. George Cambosis was the better lightweight last Saturday night in New York City. That's why we have a new unified lightweight champion. Marquise, go ahead. You know, it's funny, guys. It's amazing how boxing in history tends to repeat itself over and over again. We had the same scenario happen with Lomachenko and Tipima Lopez when they fought. And Tipima Lopez beat Lomachenko, who was the same cocky, arrogant guy that Tipima Lopez was going into this Cambosis fight. And sure enough, we got the same exact result that happened this past weekend with George Cambosis doing the exact same thing to Tiafimo Lopez. He should have saw this cartoon coming. And the one thing I thought was really interesting about this whole thing up and down, guys, and to Jake's credit, uh, Cambosis did say everything he was going to do, TJ. But as I mentioned to you on the podcast last week, he started off uh, the, the fight week media stuff by saying he was going to shock the world. And you know how I feel about that quote. So <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to take it seriously. But at the end of the day, he got it done. And we have a new champion in Australia. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I, I think, and I, I want to hear from Sergio on this in a little bit too, but you're great to speak to it right now. The most telling part of what happened with the upset is Lopez got the knockdown in the 10th round. Teofimo had him hurt, couldn't finish him. And Lopez, uh, the, then Cambosis is the better fighter. I think in the final two rounds, Jake, what did you see? And how impressive is that? I, I, I agree hundred percent with that take. I was stunned that uh, nothing about the first 10 rounds stunned me based on everything we just discussed. Mm -hmm. But when Lopez floored George Cambosis, I thought for sure, okay, the fight's over. Lopez realized he, he dug himself in a hole to that point. He knows he has to close the show. He, he will never live down the fact that he let him off the hook in that point. Cambosis was clear headed by the end of the round. He even told his corner, you know, he was trying too hard to play to the crowd. He knew, he knew he got caught. He immediately adapted. And that's how he won the final two rounds. That, that part more than anything in the fight, is what shocked me the most. Not even so much George Cambosis winning the fight, even though I didn't even come close to picking him to win. The fact that Teofilo Lopez would have someone that badly hurt and not close the show, I couldn't believe that. Yet that's why we love this sport, because it is definitely one punch can change it. Uh, certainly in the first round, Cambosis got everybody, especially Teofimo's attention with a knockdown, and everybody's going, wait a minute, this is not a joke. This is not going to be a joke, and it was not a joke uh, as the night went on. But then, again, Lopez got the momentum back with the yeah. big punch and couldn't finish it off. One more point back to Marquise. What we now know is Lomachenko had an injured shoulder. Say whatever you want about the other stuff, but he wasn't the same fighter in the Lopez fight last October, fighting basically one-armed, or at least after taking a pain-killing shot, didn't fight enough with his right arm in that fight, and now fully healthy. I'd love to see what happens. All right, so that's perfect, Jake into the segue here, Devin Haney fighting Jojo Diaz. You are in Vegas for that fight. Do you believe the winner is next for Cambosis? Do you believe Lomachenko might be that guy? Teofimo Lopez is already saying, I can't make 135 anymore. It's not going to be me. Look into that crystal ball. What do you think? Um, it, it's so weird because it's almost, you know, we, we started the year talking about the four kings. In all four kings, it's like, one would call out the other, then the other would call out someone else. And we're kind of back at that same situation. Jojo Diaz is adamant about if he wins, or if you ask him when he wins, he wants to fight Javante Tank Davis next. Devin Haney wants to become undisputed champion. He's tired of the disrespect saying that, you know, people claiming he's not the real WBC champion. Yeah. He wants to fight for all the belts. He wants to fight George Cambosis next. George Cambosis is receptive to that idea, but he just won the belts. He, you know, he's got a, a ton of momentum behind him. He's going to obviously want the biggest fight. And if Devin Haney doesn't represent the biggest fight, that's probably not going to be his next fight. I hope 
it is. I mean, he's here. He's, he even said this is a scouting mission for him. He's probably going to go to L.A. for the, you know, the same purpose. So I, I think he's going to just sit back, how, see how all three of these fights play out, and he's going to pick who he wants to fight. Remember, he was also the mandatory contender, uh, you know, I'm sorry. He was um, he was supposed to fight Vasily Lomachenko before Lomachenko went to Teofimo Lopez. I can see him wanting to revisit that fight as well. He believed he was going to beat Vasily Lomachenko in 2019. So um, that's it, it, we're kind of all over the place. I, I think we're not going to have the answer at least till December 12th. Marquise, go ahead. Yeah, just just to pick up that point, Jake, and I'm kind of with you on that same point where I think we're going we had to had to wait this one out to figure out who is who is it going to be. But I'll I'll, I'll double down that question that TJ has asked with this one instead. Do you think the winner of whoever these fights are this these weekends would be Tang Davis, uh, Pitbull Cruz, whoever JoJo Diaz, yada yada yada? Are they all? Either one of these guys is going to Australia to face Cambosis because that's pretty. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that's where that fight's happening next. The only one I see that would be willing to do that is Joseph Diaz, and Joseph Diaz is the one guy in the division who is willing to take on all comers. I believe Devin Haney wants to take on all comers. I just don't know if his price tag allows for some of these fights to happen. That that could be the problem. Joseph clearly, Diaz. Clearly, if I can interject, clearly yeah. you'd have to pay Devin Haney a lot more than JoJo Hell Diaz, yeah. even if even yeah. if Diaz wins. Don't right. you think? Absolutely. I was going to say, hypothetically, if he's making, I, I don't want to downplay it. Say he's making $5 million for this weekend. You're going to have to pay him at least 10 to 15 million to go to Australia. That, yeah. That's a big problem. Javante Tank Davis, he's already on record. He's a draw here. He has no reason to go anywhere yeah. else. I don't see him taking that fight. So yeah, no, that that's an excellent point. So like I said, Jojo Diaz, if he wins, he's the wild card. He's going to be the one. He wants to destroy all four Kings. He can go back and fight Ryan Garcia. Devin Haney even said that too. You know, if, if there's an issue with the belts, He'll go, you know, take a money fight, but his preference is still to get the undisputed championship. But I, that's I, that's a big if, if any of those guys are willing to travel to Sydney. And we don't know if George Cambosis is going to draw 80,000 people over there. Yeah, it, it, it actually, does, but you mentioned it again. You mentioned the word if, Jake. I want to try it because you mentioned his name as well. Ryan Garcia mentioned his name over the weekend after Cambosis won. Uh, yeah. Everybody in her grandma, obviously, because Cambosis won, wants, wants a shot at the champ, obviously. Uh, is he right. anywhere in this mix, or is he just, just talking noise like he's, he's doing for the rest of the year, like he's been doing for, for most part of 2021? I, I think he's just kind of talking. I mean, granted, his name is sexy. It's like if George Campbell just decides, you know what, screw all you champions, you know, you got to earn a shot at the king. I'm going to go fight Ryan Garcia next. And, you know, it, it, that's going to generate a lot of headlines, like we did in the beginning of the year. Yeah. What annoyed me was that immediately after the fight was over, Golden Boy didn't sit there and say, you know, congratulations, George Campbell's when Joseph Jojo Diaz beats Devin Haney, let's do an undisputed championship. They're already pushing for a fight with Ron Garcia. So it tells me a lot of people are just looking for that easy. I'm not going to say, well, I shouldn't say easy cash grab, but that just seems like it's, it's the easiest way to, you know, to generate headlines and generate buzz. You know, why not believe in Joseph, you know, Diaz yeah. this weekend, that, that, that part kind of annoyed me. So I, I don't see Ryan Garcia, who hasn't fought since Luke Campbell has pulled out of two fights yeah. already now going to, you know, a, a red hot, you know, newly crowned uh, lightweight champion. I, I I don't see that happening straight yeah. away. And, and do we even know as we sit here the first weekend in December, and as you just referenced, Ryan Garcia has not fought since January the second of this yep. year, eleven months ago, essentially. Do we even know that his heart is really in this anymore? Do we even really know that if they scheduled him to be part of this, that he would follow through? Isn't there great doubt? right now about whether he would follow through even if healthy? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I asked Joseph Diaz about that again because he mentioned it during the conference call and I asked him again yeah. today, you know, if Golden Boy decides they want to do an in-house fight, you know, if he beats Devin Haney, Golden Boy says let's do an in-house fight with Ryan Garcia. He even said he can't trust the guy at this point. How are you going to invest that much time into it? You know, granted, it's worked out for JoJo. You know, Ryan Garcia pulled out of the uh, Javier Fortuna fight. JoJo suddenly, you know, he won that fight. Now he's a, a top 10 lightweight. You know, Jojo was supposed to fight Ryan Garcia. Now he's fighting for a lightweight title. So he's kind of benefited from, you know, he's been the one guy who's benefited from Ryan Garcia kind of going sideways. But at the same time, he that can't be his only option going next, especially if George Cambosis does fight someone else. And this, again, this is all assuming if Jojo Diaz wins. So, yeah, it, it's a, I think it's a risk for any lightweight. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of money, but I don't think it's to the point where anyone's going to want to put their career on hold for the guy. I think he's going to have to prove himself in 2022. Love the insight of one Jake Donovan, BoxingScene.com. We appreciate him hopping on board here with us for a few more moments on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. He's there in Vegas. I promise I'm getting to the Haney-Diaz analysis because he's right there on scene. Uh, but one more, Stephen Fulton, Brandon Figueroa. 
What a tremendous fight. So we got two fights that were very action-packed about 30 minutes apart yeah. last Saturday night. And I know you were covering uh, the Lopez-Cambosis aftermath while the other fight was those two could have fought in a in a phone booth they they could have fought in a bathroom uh could have fought in a bathtub they, there was no lateral movement it was just slug and go for 12 rounds highly entertaining your thoughts whenever you did finally get to see it your thoughts on that fight oh you yeah, know no i actually did get to watch it live so i was you know pulling quotes i was writing stories while watching that fight and it was so worth the wait. I mean, we only had to wait two months because, you know, I, I, it was supposed to happen in September. Brandon Figueroa got COVID. But, man, did those two guys deliver. I mean, th that fight went well above and beyond. I, I knew it was going to be a great fight. And, you know, it was befitting of the unified title status. But to emerge as like a top three, top four fight of the year contender, that, that part blew me away. The sense was that, you know, if Stephen Fulton won, he was going to outbox Brandon Figueroa. You know, if, if Brandon won, it was, you know, maybe he would, you know, find a way to crack, you know, Stephen Fulton's seemingly impenetrable, uh, impenetrable uh, chin. But the, the way those two fought, you know, Brandon, he just, he didn't stop throwing punches for 12 rounds. And to Stephen Fulton's credit, he showed he's got so much dog in him. He stood there, you know, he could have boxed his way to victory. He, he stood, he, you know, he uh, stood his ground. He traded with them. He, he took Brandon Figueroa's best shots. Seemed like he was, you know, maybe slightly rocked a couple of times. And he just kept coming forward, man. It was just, you know, incredible effort by both of them. I'm part of a rankings board where we voted to, you know, make Stephen Fulton the number one contender, a uh, number one uh, at, at 122. I even said it was a good loss for Brandon Figueroa. I actually had him winning the fight. But I, to me, it was the type of loss where even he could have, you know, advanced in the rankings. And his stock most certainly went up because a lot of people didn't even expect him to take this fight. So, I, yeah, I, I, I was just blown away by that fight. I wish I was here in Vegas last weekend for it. I wanted to piggyback off that. You mentioned that you're part of the rankings board at 122. One of the guys that was on that same card, Reese to be Salim was in action. And he's a guy that I think is going to be causing a lot of problems with all of this. Yeah. I know, I know Figueroa and Fulton said at the end of the fight, you know, they can run it back. Fighters say that all the time. They're not running this fight back anytime soon. Uh, is, is Alim the next guy up for, for, for uh, Fulton? It seems to be, you know, that seems to make the most sense. I mean, Alim, this is twice he's been on a Stephen Fulton undercard. Brandon Figueroa, I just I don't believe he can make 122 uh, anymore. I he yeah. he said even if he won this fight, he was going to move up. I mean, getting dealt that first loss, especially in a fight which he claimed was the robbery of the year, I think that's. <laughs> Although I did think he won the fight, I, I had him winning 115, 113. But I don't know about robbery of the year. Chuck Latito may have a story about that, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I just I, I think Brandon Figueroa, we're going to see him in featherweight next. Um, it'd be awesome if you know he and Stephen Fulton can both move up, win titles there, and and fight each other. But yeah, Rai Salim, I mean, PBC is going to have to find someone for Stephen Fulton to fight. Um, MJ Akhmadaliev, um, I'm surprised butcher his name. Akhmadaliev, well. I've, I've, great job from BoxRec.com, beating that in my head. Akhmadaliev. You, you, <laughs> you did as well as we can do. Keep going. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, <laughs> I keep saying it, and David Diamante has a different pronunciation, so, and he's he's the one paid to pronounce these names. Anyway. He says it twice. He's going to be stuck with, yeah, he, he's going to be stuck yeah, twice. He's going to be stuck with mandatories in 2022. So, yeah. Fulton Aline, that's a perfect fight for Showtime. Showtime audiences are familiar with those guys, you know, especially fighting on the same cards back-to-back. -back. Why not do it? Love all of this. Okay, we fast forward now into the present. We've already alluded to Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz. Give me a, a quick take here. What do you think happens in this DAZN matchroom boxing main event at 135? You know, go, going into this week, even before I touched ground, my, my sense was just either Devin's going to outbox him or Jojo's going to crack him late and, and knock him out, you know, maybe even from come from behind for variety. Now that I'm here, I don't know if I'm just, you know, caught up in the buzz of fight week, but I, I can really envision any scenario. I think, I feel like George Cambosis' win just really changes everything. I feel like, you know, everyone at lightweight is just so much more invigorated now. And you can see it like Jojo, he, he sees the finish line. He believes there's something there to exploit in Devin. Um, he even told me he's not going to get wrecked. He's not going to come out just, you know, recklessly, you know, try to blow out Devin. He's going to see what, you know, Devin does first, you know, in the early rounds, he's going to adjust from there and then just try to wear him down and stop him late or, you know, settle for a decision if he has to, like he did against Devin Farmer. Um, Devin, I, I believe he's ready for anything. You know, he knows he has to, you know, show up and show out as he keeps saying, you know, he can't just box his way to victory. He can't get away with, if he gets hurt again, he can't, you know, clinch his way, you know, to, to victory like he did against Lenaris. Yeah. yeah. Back, back in May. So I, I think we're going to see elevated performances from both. of them. I'm not going to say it's going to be the fight of the year, but I, I, there's going to be a lot more ebbs and flows. I think people would have previously expected of this fight. 
Good enough. And then Gervonta Davis, Isaac Cruz. Cruz kind of a late replacement in the last two or three weeks uh, for Roly Romero, who has a sexual assault allegation controversy around him. So he got pulled from the main event. Cruz uh, has a couple of wins that make him legitimate. Uh, but is he any kind of a threat? And is Gervonta Davis going to whack another guy out here in short order, whether it's pay-per-view for $79.95 or not? What's the best educated guess? I think it seems like a lot of people believe that Isak Cruz is an uh, upgrade from Roly Romero. The, the thing with Roly was that it was supposed to be a fun promotion because those two guys, I, I don't use this word often, they hate each other. Yeah. There was they just there was no way they were going to go into this weekend not wanting to just completely knock each other the f out, and that's that was the expectation. They were going to go in, they were going to start throwing punches. Gervonta would most likely have landed last and flattened Roly probably within two or three rounds. I don't think yeah. anyone expected that to be more than a four round fight. Which to your point, TJ, you don't want to pay eighty dollars for that unless it's just no. highly entertaining every step of the way. Stock I think is far more durable. He has a very high motor. He throws a lot of punches. Gervonta knows what he's in for. He knows that. This is a serious challenge and he's taking it seriously. So that could run it back to the blowout that, that we might think it would be just because we know Javante Davis is going to be at a plus level, but I, I think Isak is going to be, uh, I don't know. I, I don't even want to think about it. Is he going to be credible? But definitely credible. I, I'm not going to say competitive, but I think he's going to provide Javante with some different looks that he hasn't seen even not even against um, Leo Santa Cruz. You know, I do believe he's um, more he's closer to his prime than, than Leo was in that fight. But, um, you know, Javante's showing he can overcome adversity. He did it against Leo. He did it even, you know, against Mario Barrios, who had success for a couple of early rounds. So I, I expect him to make the same adjustments, probably stop him around seven or eight rounds. Not a blow. Fair enough. Fair enough on that. Marquise, anything in closing for Jake Donovan here? Uh, yeah, just back on that uh, Davis uh, Davis Cruz card, because this card's actually pretty stacked. I'm actually looking forward to this one. One of the guys on this card that I do want to, pay, want to ask you about, uh, Jake, was uh, Sebastian Fundora, because he's a guy at 154. I think is going to cause a lot of problems we next year. We love him. We love yes. the punching power and the intrigue of a guy that is that tall, that lanky, and, and hits that hard. And Jake, what, active, what, which is a big yeah, thing active. in boxing that I love the most. <laughs> Amen. What do you think, Jake? I mean, that that might be the most intrigue of this is what does Fundora do in the co-main or whenever he's on the card? You know, the only thing I don't like about Fundora and, and Sergio Garcia is that the fight didn't happen this summer when, you know, yeah. they agreed to terms way back in May. They were waiting on a date, waiting on a date. But I, I love that it has become the co-feature. I mean, I this card is... I, maybe stacked is you know is excessive but all four fights are really fun yeah i i, I love this fight with uh from the, sergio garcia can fight he's not some rollover he's not untested you know he's i think he's a lot better than your typical european um you know opponent yeah. so you know and fedora he you know he doesn't really blow through guys he's you know he even had his you know struggling moments against some um, jorge Cota, you know last yeah. year so he's always he always seems like he gets touched um that that's going to be a really fun fight i really love uh Dervinchenko. And Carlos Adamas. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, no, Fundora, yeah, he does have that habit of you know, just it, it's impossible to not love him. He's just this big, tall, rangy guy, kind of goofy. Actually, yeah. he is very goofy. I'm not even gonna very, say kind, yeah, <laughs> yeah, great personality and just loves to you know, stand and, and fight. You know, he uh, you know, people say, oh, you know, he's all tall, why doesn't he use his jab? He doesn't like he, he likes to fight, he likes to touch his opponents, he likes to get touched in the ring. So, I, yeah, that that's gonna be a great co main. Um, Dervinchenko and Adamas so much at stake uh the winner will be getting Jaime Munguia in a in a title eliminator so you know th there's so much to look forward to on on that uh card so you know I, I the only question is really if you want to pay for it on a Sunday night especially since you're getting boxing for you know free with your zone subscription on a Saturday but yeah. you know if you're willing to pay for, on Sunday you're going to get your money's worth It'll be very interesting to see if we can ever find out. And you guys do a great job on rooting out what are those actual pay-per-view numbers that a Sunday night pay-per-view in the NFL season going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, in NFL Sunday night football, if it will sell some pay-per-views or not. We are about to find all of this out. Again, one more time, mucho thanks to yes. Jake Donovan for hanging with us. Read him, BoxingScene.com. Love his insight. He's covering the Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz, a lightweight 
lesser version of the world title, whatever it is for the WBC, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to get an entree to a much bigger fight between Haney and Diaz after this one is over with. He's covering that. He's on top of everything. Love the insight. Love the news breaking. Uh, despite the fact that it's Marquise doing the inviting, he keeps saying yes to us. Please come back in, in maybe yes. in the new year. We'd love to talk to you again in 2022. Jake 100%. Donovan, you're the best. Thank you. I'm all in. All in. Thank you so much. Uh, we thank we thank Jake for being with us. I promise the Latin snake Sergio Mora is coming up. Then Marquise and I with some fight odds and picks. All of that still to come. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks, the easy way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is simplified by picking two to five players and the over-under in their projections, and you can win up to ten times your amount on any entry. Use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It is you versus the projected numbers. It has tons of stats on prize picks, yards, receptions, touchdown, fantasy points, all of that. Prize picks will also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron and combine that with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. They offer every sport you can think of from the NFL to college football, the NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize picks has award-winning easy-to-use mobile app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. PrizePix is a 4.8-star rated app and has got rave reviews. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with PrizePix. It's just that easy. It's safe. They've got fast withdrawals. What are you waiting for? PrizePix.com. Promo code SGP. 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with PrizePix. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets 
sets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. As we do roll along, it is my pleasure. It's been far too long, although he has been very busy. It is my pleasure to bring back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast the Latin Snake, Sergio Mora. He's on the call with Todd Grisham, with Chris Mannix and company, as Devin Haney and Jojo Diaz square off for a version of the WBC Lightweight Championship this weekend on DAZN from Las Vegas. The Snake with us now from Vegas. Wait a minute. You've just progressed and progressed because you went from... Uh, what, New England to New York, and now we're in the Vegas desert. It's it's week to week to week, whether it's Demetrius Andrade or last week, Cambosis beating Lopez or now Devin Haney. You guys are all over it on DAZN. Good to have you back. I'm glad to be back, DJ, but let me correct you. It was from New Hampshire to Vermont to Delaware to Connecticut to New York. <laughs> there were five states in two days, and I was with Chris Mannix, I'm sorry to say, and uh, Todd Grisham, but it was a wonderful uh, experience. It was a wonderful time. I never seen so many brown and yellow leaves, and it was, it was amazing. I'm a New Englander at heart. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely different in that part of the world this time of year. Uh, there is no doubt. Before we get to uh, Haney and and where he fits in, especially with a win uh, here coming up in this matchup with JoJo Diaz, if he gets it, Cambosis Lopez preach preach about that fight. Because Lopez was heavily favored, Cambosis came in undaunted, stood toe to toe with him. What did you see, and how did how did Cambosis pull it off? I don't think we have enough time to cover everything that I've seen and what I think went wrong and what should happen with Lopez Cambosis. But I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. We had a hungry underdog in Cambosis who fought on the undercard of Teofimo Lopez at. Madison Square Garden in New York. So he had, the, he had his eye on the prize for some time now. And this is what it means to be a hungry, young, unknown against a guy that just got the world on a platter and earned it. You know, Teofimo earned it the hard way. He beat the man and he became the man. But when you're on top, there's guys under there that are hungry. And we just got one of these guys like George Cambosis, who nobody expected him to win this fight, including myself. But he did it because he's, it showed what hunger can do. It shows what having your eyes on the prize can do and being prepared. Because, look, Teofimo Lopez came out, and I think it was Jessica McCaskill that called him amateurish in that first round, and I agreed. You don't come out blasting like that if you're the undisputed champ. If you're the man, you don't give an opponent a chance to land a haymaker on you by, by getting over-aggressive. That's exactly what he did, and that's why he got dropped. Cambosis kept his composure, but never did he relent. That's what impressed me the most, the fact that Cambosis kept the game plan all the way to the end and still finished strong. Even in, even in his closest fight, that's where he ended up winning the, the, the final round. So he knows how to finish strong. So I knew that if he won, 
four rounds, he was going to be a dog in the end. I didn't expect a quick knockout. Everyone that was asking me, including people that work at the zone, how long do you expect this fight to last? I said, hey, man, this guy might go the distance. He ain't going to win, but he might go the distance because he has good timing. He knows how to pounce on opponents. I gave him the whole spiel. This guy ended up winning. Forget lasting the distance. Incredible. Well, and even more impressive to your point, he gets knocked down, gets rocked in the 10th round. And Lopez may be criticized for a long time on not being able to finish him off. And then Cambosis came back and clearly won the 11th round and probably won the 12th round. How much more impressive, after the knockdown and being in significant trouble, was it sitting there ringside that the Australian outfought Lopez in the final two championship rounds to get the decision? It goes to show you back to what I was talking about, about hunger. I mean, you weren't going to rely on fighting in the champion's hometown with hometown judges and his thing going crazy. You're not going to rely on that. He went out and finished the show. That just, that just goes to show you how prepared he was, not only physically and mentally and spiritually and all that cliche stuff. Strategically, strategically he was prepared, knowing that in the final rounds, in the championship rounds against the champion, you had to give it all. You couldn't leave it up to the judges, even if you, even, even if you got that early knockdown, even if you think you had the, the rounds in the bank. This guy followed a game plan and a strategy all the way to the end with hunger, with conviction, and with brains, not just balls. Teofimo expected to win everything with balls. Brains wins this game, and that's what exactly what uh, Cambosis did, and that's why he's on top of the world. Love Sergio Mora. He's only with me for a few more moments here. He's on the call again with Todd Grisham, Chris Mannix, and company on DAZN, Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz, which we'll get to in just a second. They're in Vegas. The fight's Saturday night. Looking forward to hearing these guys on the call and on the coverage. Um, the, the Lopez's, Lopez Sr. and his son, have now made no bones about the fact they don't want any more part of 135 and lightweight. They want to move up. I guess as a fight fan, as an observer, we're disappointed that we might not see this again at least anytime soon in a rematch. It was a highly entertaining fight. Let me put it to you. How disappointed are you that we might not see part two of this for a while, if ever, a Cambosis-Lopez rematch? I'm not disappointed at all. I'm relieved, actually, because the first time I met Teofimo Lopez, the first thing I told him, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, dude, how do you make 135? He's huge. He's huge. He looks like a fullback. And that just goes to, no, I'm serious. That just goes to show you how much he squeezes down. He's always in the gym and he works hard. But he also had a strength trainer that was very expensive. And me and Chris talked, uh, talked about it on his podcast. They charged about 20000 How much was the strength and conditioning? Uh, it was expensive. They didn't shell out that because whatever the reason was. I remember those days. I hated selling out, you know, 10,000 every camp, but it helps you make the weight properly. And once you step on the scale and you weigh in properly, you feel good, then the easy part is fighting. Teofimo had issues with weight for a long time, finally caught up to him. And normally it catches up to a fighter in his, in his mid-20s or early 30s. It caught up to Teofimo a lot sooner, but it was more the weight and it was more overconfidence. It was a perfect clash of those things that, that caught up to him. All right, so Devin Haney now uh, potentially in the mix if Lopez is not fighting against George Cambosis in a rematch. Uh, Haney now with Jojo Diaz. Diaz steps in here, gets the opportunity to maybe mess things up for Devin Haney. George Cambosis will be at ringside. Very interesting here. He's been on the media tour. He'll be at ringside for this. What does Haney Diaz come down to? What are you expecting Saturday night? Well, I'm expecting Devin Haney to shine like he always does. He's been groomed for greatness. He has the best jab in boxing. And I'll say it again. Chris Mannix looks at me and says, you're ridiculous. How about Golovkin and others? Devin Haney has the best jab in boxing, so he does it with the jab. Jojo Diaz, what he does the best is he knows how to get past the jab and fight small. He's a smaller fighter. He's a southpaw. He uses those southpaw angles, and he's a great body puncher. How do you beat a jab? You get on the inside the smart way. You, hopefully you do it from a left-handed angle, and you go to the body. Keep those elbows tucked in. Keep those long arms of Devin Haney, who's going to have a seven-inch reach advantage. Keep them protecting those ribs. That's how JoJo Diaz does it. And it's not like JoJo's just some kind of, you know, Joe Schmo. This guy was a U.S. Olympian in 2012 with Errol Spence. He's already won a world championship, so we know he's the good. So from the Olympics to the world championship level, JoJo Diaz is the man. 
So you, you got you got to give him the props. I mean, he belongs. All right, we will find out what happens again. DeZone has the coverage. It is Devin Haney. It is JoJo Diaz. It is a version of the WBC World Lightweight title. Again, Cambosis is the undisputed guy because he beat the guy that beat the guy uh, at the moment. We'll see how all of this shakes out. Again, these guys are hustling. They're hardworking. They had Demetrius Andrade's world title defense a couple of weeks ago. They had Cambosis Lopez last week. Now they're out in Vegas and ready to rock and roll on Saturday night with Devin Haney and JoJo Diaz as the main event for the lightweight, uh, again, lesser version of the WBC lightweight title, but a championship fight nonetheless. Sergio, you're always great to join me. I know you're busy. you got fighter meetings. You're trying to get some dinner. you got Mannix bothering you. Uh, th- when does that ever cease? Uh, thank you for hopping on again on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. We, re- we appreciate it, Snake. Great stuff. TJ, from everything you just said right now, the only annoying part of that sentence is Chris Mannix. Thank you very much. Always. Thank you. So many thanks that Sergio Mora, again, could hang with us. I'll call back in. Senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns. I always love uh, Sergio's insight. Had Jake Donovan earlier in the podcast. Now you and I are going to mix it up about these fight cards for this weekend. So let's let's take a look first at what's going to happen Saturday night. Uh, Devin Haney and uh, Jojo Diaz. We've been talking a lot about this. Give me odds and what you think might happen. Well, the odds that I have that I currently have uh, Devin Haney as a, a slight favorite on this one. Uh, the one thing with this fight, teaser that I thought was interesting, and Jake brought up a great point when you brought him on, is that it's a styles clash and to see which style is going to just take advantage of anything more often than not. The one thing with Jojo Diaz and his fights, uh, ever since he's moved up to lightweight, before that, TJ, he was just more of a, more of a plotting kind of guy. So I'm really intrigued to see what version of Jojo, because he's eventually going to start coming after him and, and straightforward, which... He hasn't done normally most of these fights, so we'll see what happens with that with Devin Haney. But I think Devin Haney actually should win this uh, pretty much by uh, a, a points, honestly. It's, it's, this is going to look a lot like the Linares fight. The only difference is, TJ, if Diaz catches him the same way that Linares caught him in the 10th round, will Haney hold for another, another six minutes at the end of it or not? That's going to be the only difference in this. Diaz, in his first bout as a lightweight this summer, was dominant in the fight with Fortuna. He's in with a much younger, much more skilled, harder punching fighter here. The under over at 10 and a half rounds. We always love this for the short term investing. Is that a better play? Oh, it sounds like you want the over. You, you said points decision for Haney. Is that the better play here than Haney uh, uh, taking him as the winner? Yeah, I think Haney just pretty much going over with points at this point because I think this fight will go to distance, TJ, because these guys aren't the biggest punchers out there. In fact, the last uh, knockout that Devin Haney got was Antonio Moran, which was, like, like, was back in 2019. That was years and years ago, and this, this is a different fire than that. And he's not going to catch a former Olympian uh, who, uh, with, with, with that same shot he caught Moran with. So I think it's going to be some number of just kind of interesting tactical contests to see who, uh, what Haney does and has learned from that Lenars fight. Uh, interesting on the undercard, uh, a couple of different fights, including uh, Philip Hergovic. We've been waiting for a while to see him again uh, in a heavyweight showdown. This is unbeaten Croatian, big body. Is he ever going to get in the mix? Um, he's on the undercard. Jessica McCaskill is in the co-feature uh, here against a late substitute opponent, Candy Wyatt. Anything on this undercard for DeZone intrigue you for Saturday night? Uh, just a few things, actually. Mrs. Montana loves matchroom boxing debut. He was fresh off that fight, TJ, where he shined on, uh, and Eddie Hearn mentioned in the press conference, on the Jake Paul card against Tyrone Woolley, where he had the great knockout, and pretty much that what got, which, which pretty much got him this, this contract to begin with, with matchroom. So that's that's going to be interesting. To piggyback your point, you mentioned the Philip Hergovic fight. It's an IBF title eliminator. The guy he was supposed to face originally was supposed to be Michael Hunter in this spot. Uh, there was a money issue and a lot of other issues, and that fight ain't happening. So instead, we get Hergovic versus this uh, Emir guy, uh, TJ, he's favored by negative 5,000 uh, on courtesy of DraftKings, as, we, as, as, as I typed this in. And the over-unders at two and a half. Go ahead and smash and pound the under on that one, because that one's not going any longer than that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, Hergovic is big. He has scored some knockouts, but he is largely untested. He hasn't been in there with any competition. And I know Hunter would have been decent competition, but that yeah. fight doesn't come off. So we'll see about that on the undercard let's progress Gervonta davis main event pay-per-view uh with isaac cruz um again cruz a later replacement has had about three weeks to be ready for this three weeks or so to replace roly romero step in romero with the problems out of the ring so isaac cruz is in uh what about the odds and what about the under the bigger thing is the under here on on how many rounds is it going to take davis probably to get to him and get him out of there 
Yeah, TJ, I, uh, Davis is a heavy favorite on this one. And the one thing with Cruz uh, that I will admit, and we, we had Jake on, we talked about this as well. Cruz will provide, I think the word that Jake was looking for when he couldn't come up with it, I think he was looking for ring resistance. I think that's what he's looking for. And that's what uh, he's going to get at a, a Pitbull Cruz here. I don't think he's going to get anything outside of that personally, but that's what he's going to get in terms of it. I think this is a better fight for Davis at, as opposed to when he had Roley Romero. The only thing that was selling that Roley Romero fight was the fact that the Jets were just going to talk smack for about a month and a half. Now that that's out the way, get back to actual boxing again. So I give, give me Davis and give me... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the round props here. I, I want to say about six, six and a half sounds about right for this. I, I think that's how long this fight goes as, as, as the main event. Uh, interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard ring resistance. You may have come up with a new one that I have not heard. The prop is <laughs> six and a half rounds. I don't know that this gets there. I think Gervonta mm-hmm. Davis may get to him. Uh, you know, he, I, I wrote about this on the site for Thursday. Mm-hmm. He modified George Foreman's famous line. Everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the mouth yeah. uh, and said it a little bit different way that everybody uh, thinks they, you know, thinks they know what they're doing until they get hit. It's kind of the same thing. And he's got big time power in both hands, especially the left. I just don't know that Isaac Cruz has ever been in with anything like that. Uh, here at at 135 so we'll see about that uh, again we mentioned fundura on the undercard is a favorite over sergio garcia no not the golfer this is sergio garcia the fighter <laughs> that will be in there not the famous golfer the foil of tiger woods and phil mickelson and the in the european Ryder cup team against the united states uh, the towering inferno i don't have a round prop here i will set the tj marquise big fight weekend round prop at six and a half are you going under for Fundora to get a possible knockout? I'm giving I'm giving the Fundora a knockout, but I'm going to take the over on that. I want to say like mm. around like eight or nine rounds is when that happens, actually. But I think he, I think I think that stoppage does occur though for Fundora one way or another. A few more moments uh here. Anything else on that undercard? We mentioned Sergey Derevyanchenko uh is also on this undercard with Carlos Adamas uh in a competitive uh middleweight showdown so i mean this is again as jake donovan said these are solid fights i don't know if it's 80 dollar pay-per-view worthy on the sunday night maybe it should have been like 59.95 49.95 for a little better but they they want to try to rake it in with gervonta davis and they're taking a real risk against sunday night football with mahomes and the kansas city chiefs if people want to do it yeah, they, 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 the, the placement and the pricing on this is a little odd, but the card itself is pretty solid. I, it, it's interesting. The Deverchenko fight is interesting because, uh, as, as we all know, TJ, at 160, pretty much uh, they, it, it's guys that were either, either A, waiting on Canelo to fight them, or B, guys who have no fights. And currently, uh, these two guys don't have any fights. And they if, if, if a win one way or another, either Adamas, who was a former title challenger who lost to uh, Sheriff for the WBO at 160 a while back, he has a chance to actually uh, get back into the mix here because there's, there's not there's not any guys. I mean, a- after the top the, the title holders, is, it's Chris Eubank, and then the winner of this fight. So we'll see what happens after. That. We'll, we'll, we'll go from there. All right. Uh, also, there is an English fight card: English light heavyweight champ or English uh, contenders European light heavyweight champ uh, Lyndon Arthur Anthony Yard. Uh, we'll be fighting, and that'll be a Friday night Queensbury fight card Friday afternoon U.S. time uh, for the matchup. So, uh, how much are you intrigued by that for Friday? I know you watch all these things anyway, but how how intrigued are yeah. you? I'm intrigued because I'm trying to figure out, TJ, what version of Anthony Yard are we going to get? Are we going to get a version of Yard that's going to actually be able to box somebody and actually have some defense? Or are we going to get the same one that we've seen in the last few fights, and especially the last two losses he's had against London Offer the first time and against uh, Sergey Kovalev, where he was pretty much jabbed asleep by both guys. We, he has a six, uh, fix that correction one way or another, and, and until that happens, we'll find out uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, actually, but... We'll see what happens with that with, that with Yardy because he was a title challenger against Kovalev at one point, and 175 also is another weight class that isn't exactly the biggest division in the world. So a couple of wins here, and you're back in the mix. So again, that is a Friday night uh, fight card that is coming in. Um, uh, again, Fight TV will have the fight card coming on Friday night, and we'll see what happens uh, there between Arthur and Yard. Uh, Lyndon Arthur has been good at times, if not great. We'll see what happens in this matchup for that one. But again, Haney Diaz, Saturday night main event, Las Vegas. And then Gervonta Davis, uh, pay-per-view on Sunday night. We will, again, as always, be writing about these fights in the preview mode. 
uh, recaps as well after they're over with, with insight and analysis. They need to be all over the website, right, at BigFightWeekend.com. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll, we'll keep an eye on all these cards over the weekend, see if anything interesting happens, anything questionable, controversial. Maybe we'll get another upset this weekend. Things have happened, all sorts of things in, in world of boxing these past few weeks. Looking forward to keeping up with all of that. Also, to see if anything news-wise comes down the, down the pike as well. This is that time of the year, TJ, where a lot of the fix, folks in boxing tend to mail it in with that mailed-in article, as you know, fight of the year. Spoiler alert, it's Tyson Fury, Deontay Walter. Keep it moving. BigFightWeekend.com, where you get other uh, current news and events. And we love writing about the historical perspective. We've had some of that recently, including the uh, the famed Leonard uh, Duran Nomas anniversary was recently. My goodness, can that really have been 41 years ago wow. in November of 1980 when Leonard avenged his, uh, his first ever loss to, against Roberto Duran and made him quit in the middle of the ring? Anniversaries we love writing about, the nostalgia of boxing. We're all over it at BigFightWeekend.com. Uh, Marquise, anything else? We good here at this point? I think we're good for time being, TJ. Just looking forward to seeing what version of Haney we get this weekend and a, a real good fight card on Sunday night. If, for those who are interested in boxing, if you're not interested in watching some guy named Patrick Mahomes throw a football around. <laughs> and, if, and if Haney is impressive, explosive, let's say he stops Diaz and looks great doing it, that's big-time leverage for him, maybe, especially if he's willing to go to Australia to fight Cambosis. Now, whether that fight can be in a huge setting because of COVID-19 guidelines and makes sense for all the money. That's a whole different argument. Don't know that answer, but Haney can really help himself in that regard. If he is spectacular against Diaz or not, we will see for now. I think we are good. Thanks to Jake Donovan, BoxingScene.com for being with us. Love his insight. The Latin snake, Sergio Mora on the call of Haney Diaz Saturday night, along with Todd Grisham and Chris Mannix on DAZN. Showtime has the pay-per-view. How many are going to be shelling out ducats for Davis Cruz in the main event and a decent, if not good, undercard? We're going to find out in due time. Again, Marquise, great stuff. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. We'll do, TJ. Thanks so much. There is Marquise Johns. BigFightWeekend.com. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Again, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thanks again to Sean Green, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, SportsGamblingPodcast.com for promoting us. For now, we're good. We're always here in the preview mode, heading to the weekend on Fridays and Saturdays with a Big Fight Weekend preview. For now, we are done. We look forward to Haney Diaz and the Gervonta Davis Sunday night pay-per-view recaps on the site. More conversation about it next week on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.